0: Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington. He's been out and about and on the road pretty much everywhere. Jamie Dupree. Well, hey, Sean. what a night last night, huh? Yeah, no, it was, a, you know, the big headline,
1: I think, a big night, both for Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton. I think both of them taking that next step to becoming basically the the presumptive nominees of their party. Yes, there's still work to do. Yes, there's delegates they still both need. But I just sort of sense that they might have crested to the top and they're on the downhill. Now I don't mean the downhill bad, but then getting easier, it, it may take a little while still, but that's sort of the way I feel when Trump, especially, yes, he lost Ohio and that was a setback for him, but he certainly made up for it in the delegates winning in North Carolina, in Illinois. Uh, it's been very, very close in Missouri, but, uh, he's been grinding out more of the congressional delegates there to get an edge over Ted Cruz, uh, Rubio getting out. I think that's, you know, I, I figured yesterday when I heard him saying, Oh, we're going on, that was just your, your election day bluster that you would expect, uh, and that uh, because of the situation he wasn't going any further. And then uh, Ted Cruz, you know I frankly this was a bad night for Ted Cruz yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump expanded his lead over Cruz by another 160 plus delegates yesterday. Uh, Cruz came close in North Carolina uh, he, he he ran a good race that was close in Missouri, but he lost in a lot of the individual congressional districts there and he really uh, lost a lot of ground in Illinois. I thought he would do better in downstate Illinois, but if you look at the map there was one central part of the state where he did fine, but downstate it was all Trump country. And so, uh, again, Trump in a very strong position right now, just as uh, Hillary Clinton is. And and I think we're edging closer and closer
0: to sooner or later, those will be, uh, you know will be headed that way where those two are, are the nominees of their party. The tentative delegate count, and this is when I last checked, it was actually on the New York Times, has Trump at 646 delegates, Cruz at 396, Rubio at 169. Now, Rubio gets out, but John Kasich, even winning his first state of Ohio, has fewer delegates than yeah. Marco Rubio at 142. Yeah, Kasich last night got his 66 from his
1: home state. He got nine in North Carolina, and I think last I checked, it was six in Illinois, which was pretty much you have the same. I, uh, you have the same count as I do, or thereabouts. Uh, yeah, just about thereabouts, you know, and so that to me that was about the best he could do. Kasich yesterday, he was going to get some delegates in North Carolina because it was proportional. He was going to get a few in Illinois because he was going to do well in some of the congressional districts around Chicago. Uh, but there really wasn't any other chance for him to get anything. Now this next week we have Arizona, which is a winner-take-all state at 55 delegates. I think it is. To me, Arizona just sort of screams Donald Trump. I, I mean, I just I haven't been there, haven't been on the ground, haven't really looked, but I just sort all, of think all that the that polls would,
0: there are old. We don't have anything recent.
1: Yeah. And so to me, that's momentum. Trump has had the momentum. He's been at the top. Uh, Cruz would probably be a second choice. And then Kasich after that. Utah, I believe, is a proportional uh, caucus, if I remember correctly. And so everybody will score by going there. You know, again, it. I can theoretically put together numbers that keep Trump short of the majority. I mean, he's not at 50 percent right now, and so he still has to win a lot of stuff. I can I can definitely find ways to deny him that majority. But I just sort of feel like going forward again that we've reached a point where both he and Hillary Clinton are, are moving to a point where the, their opponents – they've got to run the table. And running the table is just oh so difficult for either Bernie Sanders or for Ted Cruz at this point in time. Also, I think the map sort of works against Ted Cruz. You know, when I think of Ted Cruz, I don't think of big comebacks in Maryland or Delaware or Pennsylvania or New York or Connecticut or Rhode Island. You know what I mean, Sean? Mm -hmm. That, that, That says more Kasich to me than anything else. And I could see Trump winning in Pennsylvania, for example. So We'll see where things go on this. The next debate has already been canceled. Trump said he would not participate Monday in the debate in Utah that was going to well, be so done John Fox Also, John Kasich didn't want to participate either. Well, Kasich said, if Trump's not going, I'm not going. So yeah. then it came apart after that. And and frankly, we're at that time where it doesn't surprise me. I thought Trump would have said a few debates ago that that was it. Now, we hear so much. I, I, I just I have to say this. We hear so much about angry voters. And yet again, last night, we had two more states hold their congressional primaries. And we had two more states in which uh, all the incumbents survived who were running for re-election. So, so far, not one incumbent. I mean, we haven't had too many states. I think it's five total. But to me, it is interesting that we, we, even with all the data out there about how angry the Trump voters are and how angry uh, many people are in the Republican Party, so far, none of that
0: is spilling over to the Congress as yet. Here's something that's building that I think is going to create a huge backlash. Uh, I keep mentioning to you Curly Hagelin from North Dakota well, she was on CNBC and the headline of the article is, we choose the nominee, not the voters.
2: Yeah, the requirement is that the uh, candidate must demonstrate the support of eight, the de- a majority of the delegates from eight states that are permanently seated. So that vote can't even be taken until the convention. So obviously, uh, no determination can be made until the convention.
0: So that, that vote that we thought or that rule that we thought stood is not a rule that actually stands?
2: No, it is a rule that stands, but the rule says specifically that it's a vote of the delegates at the convention to determine if there's a majority. Not a not a primary vote. Primary votes are not considered. It's the delegates' votes. The delegates have to can cannot vote until they're permanently seated, and that's the first action of the convention. So going to just send chaos and anger into the Trump supporters and to the people who feel like their votes don't matter. No, I don't think that's the case once it, you know, if it would just be understood. We have a problem with the media. (laughs) Unfortunately, the cable networks are trying to determine how to I don't think this is a
1: problem with the media. I've heard from a lot of voters (laughs) who say if they feel like their votes got stolen, that they would be very unhappy and very angry. I I think you're looking at a different situation. I realize these have been the rules, but the last time (laughs) these rules were put in place was 1976. It's been a long time since then.
2: Yeah, they're still there. Yeah, that's a problem. The the uh, the media has created the perception that the voters will decide the nomination, and that's the content, That's the conflict here. So <laughs> it, it's all true, but it's such a. But, it,
0: but my point to you is that is an in-your-face screw you to the voters, arrogant elitist establishment statement. Now I'm going to add. Well, to you
1: it. better check the Constitution because the no, voters don't elect the president I, either.
0: Understood on every point, but go against the will of the voters, Jamie, and see what happens at that convention. Now the will of the voters has not been fully expressed
1: yet if you want to go through this I'm we agreeing can do with another that. 10 minutes no but the I, will but of the voters there's still a lot to go I'm going to tell you again there is not going to be a contested convention the establishment can't figure out what to do tomorrow there's going to be a meeting in DC led by uh, Eric Erickson and others of conservatives some Cruz supporters some not Cruz supporters who all want to stop Trump but they're I think just as flummoxed as the quote-unquote establishment over how to do it so far, the big ad uh, buys didn't do anything
0: against Trump. Are you going to let me won finish four out my of point five out. last night. I didn't even no, right finish ahead. my point. All right. So, this North Dakota guy, Haglund, makes that statement, which is an in your face comments, because we all know the delegates that go to the convention are chosen by the people. Yes, technically, you're right and he's right, but the reality is the voters are making the decision for the delegates. Now, number two, you have John Boehner now. Is weighing in. Well, anybody can be nominated at the convention in Cleveland this summer. In the same Q and A, he refers to Ted Cruz as Lucifer and once called him a jackass. And uh, you know, going against the top two contenders here, and Boehner backing Paul Ryan for president, and even John Kasich. With all due respect to him, Kasich has no mathematical chance of getting to twelve thirty-seven. But he's staying in in the hopes that he'll have more power at the convention and that maybe the establishment would be able to stop Trump and stop Cruz. Now, Cruz and Trump have both said they're not going to let that happen. They'll join forces before that ever ends, before we ever get to that point. But it's the fact that they want to, which I think is is so out of touch. And the message of this election is that has been resonating so strongly with voters, albeit not on the congressional level, but certainly in the presidential race, is one that Republicans, it was in all of the exit polls again last night, 60% feel betrayed. 60% feel they've not done their job. 60% feel that we're headed in the wrong direction. So all of these comments by Boehner and others and Kasich staying in and this North Dakota guy, Curly Haglin all it's doing is contributing to pissing people off more and feeling that the establishment still doesn't hear them
1: again there's a lot of Cruz people and conservative activists who don't hear that either they're they're having a meeting tomorrow in DC a big invitation only meeting to sit down find donors you know, i know people and see that have been invited do. to the meeting so i know all yeah. about the meeting but the so point
0: and but I'm, it's but, it's more than just the establishment i said there's, that last night on tv and i've said it to you i'm not dismissing your point but i am saying this that the path to the nomination is going to be won by the person I think that gets the most delegates and the most votes. The only other person that has a realistic chance besides Donald Trump on the Republican side is Ted Cruz. And John Kasich staying in and John Boehner making his comments, to me, is an in-your-face to the reality that this is an insurgent year. And they keep sticking it to the people, and the people are getting even more pissed off. That's my point.
1: Again, uh, I don't. I don't see anybody that's going to be able to stop Donald Trump. I can come up with scenarios to do it, uh, but uh, as of right now, it certainly hasn't worked out, and that's been proven again and again and again. Last night, the only way that really that Trump was stopped was because of a of a governor in his home state. Otherwise, uh, you know, I, I think probably if it had not been Kasich running in Ohio, I bet you Trump would have won in Ohio last night. So that was to me a special case overall. Uh, in which Trump was defeated. And and actually, the map is really interesting in the state of Ohio. Trump won every single county on the eastern part uh, of Ohio, running along the Pennsylvania border, then every county along West Virginia and along the Ohio River and all the way down to Cincinnati. But uh, Kasich, with sort of his his establishment roots, was able to win the counties around the cities, the the big five of Cincinnati, of Dayton, Hamilton County, Cleveland, and also, well, the biggest was Franklin County, I think, which is where Columbus is, he beat trump by 41 points you know it's like in in florida the only uh the only place where marco rubio was really well organized it was obvious it was Miami, miami-dade Dade county yep. he won by 41 points and the other place where he was organized was leon county where the state capital is of tallahassee where he lost by less than a percentage point i think other than that it was all trump and what's interesting about uh looking at the results in florida last night mitt romney won almost every single county going down I-95 from Jacksonville to Miami four years ago in the primary. Donald Trump won every single one of those counties except the last one in Miami, but by bigger margins than Romney did. So uh, I know that uh, people keep conniving and coming up with ways to, to stop Trump, but they certainly haven't. Uh, none of it's paid off so far, and and I just don't think it's it's going to work in the end. They can keep trying, and I'm sure they will from either side of the party, uh, but Trump seems very, very secure, and especially if he wins again next week two states, it, it gets even tougher for those who are trying to stop
0: It seems like, although the Republicans' caving wouldn't shock me, it seems like the Republicans are united, at least now, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, and everybody else, to stop the president's uh, nomination that he made today to replace Justice uh, Scalia, uh, Merrick Garland, uh, and that this guy is not going to get a hearing and that they're staying put that the next president should decide. Yeah,
1: no, there's I haven't seen any wiggle room yet. I think there'll be a few individual Republicans that will probably feel some heat. Uh certainly the this is the the choice of Garland is interesting for several reasons. For one, when he was picked for the federal appeals court back in 95 by Bill Clinton, the Republicans at the time shut down all nominations and said they wanted to wait until after the 96 elections. And so Garland was put on hold with others, and then after Clinton won re-election, then Clinton renominated him the next year and he was ultimately approved. There were seven, I think it was seven Republicans who voted for him back then who are still serving. There are five other Republican senators who who, who voted against him back then who are still serving, included among them uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell was one of those who voted no on Garland. As of now, I don't see the GOP budging, but I would fully expect if you're a Republican and that's your argument, you will probably feel a lot of heat from the president and the bully pulpit in the weeks and months ahead. Whether it plays, I think it probably plays more just in individual Senate races maybe where they tried they the democrats i think it plays equally to, to both republicans. bases
0: the democrats will say republicans sure. and are obstructionists and republicans will say this is the will of the people and let the people decide with the next president so i think it's a wash back and forth and i fully believe that if the shoe were on the other foot
1: the two parties would be making the exact opposite arguments right now zero, that's just how it works that is
0: a hundred percent accurate more than yeah. anything uh, all right on the democratic side I, I just don't see any way the the burn gets uh, gets the nomination. I think Bernie yeah, Sanders the ol- loses. The only
1: thing is is that, you know, compared to the Republicans, like if Marco Rubio had the money that Bernie has, he'd keep going. If John Kasich had the money, he could be a force. And that's the one thing is that Bernie Sanders has a lot of money and so he can keep going. And I'm sure that the the, the Clinton people would love for him to just sort of fold up shop and move on, but also by staying in, Clinton uh, uh Bernie Sanders sort of keeps Clinton's feet to the fire, keeps her on the left of the party. Uh, make sure she doesn't just uh, sort of go into hiding or anything like that and keeps her out there. So for now, I don't see him getting out. But again, we're getting into this downtime where we don't have that many states that vote over the next, say,
0: six weeks or so. So we'll see how long he goes. Yeah, it's going to be very – what a year this has been. I mean, have you – think crazy. Back all the years that we've covered presidential politics, have you ever seen a year like this?
1: No, this is uh, the – the. I, I, I mean, it's obviously – Trump makes it totally different in terms of coverage. We've had – We've had lots of candidates, uh, but this one has certainly taken an awful lot of attention, and it's, uh, it's been amazing to be out there and cover it so much.
0: All right, thanks again. Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington.